uctoday.com. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Out Loud. Ericsson LG Enterprise are one of the largest suppliers of communication solutions worldwide. They have an estimated 15 million global users on their systems, which I think you will agree is quite a lot. I was lucky enough to attend their Global Partner Conference 2018, which took place in Croatia at the end of October. Their Global Partner Conference is a chance for the Ericsson LG Enterprise team to gather their most important partners from all over the world to discuss the market and their product development and strategy. In the episode, I was joined by their CEO, Patrick Johansson, and their VP for Global Sales and Marketing, Ahed Al-Khatib, to discuss their event and have a chat about the wider market in general. Have a listen. First of all, thanks for having me to the event. It's a real, real pleasure to be here. Patrick, I'll start with you if you don't mind, as we have the same name. It seems logical to do that. <laughs> What's the main messaging that you want to get out to the partner community at GPC18? I think, first of all, it's a great opportunity for us to bring everyone together in one room. And uh, it's not so much about our messaging. Of course, we want to promote uh, new go-to-market, our new products and so forth. But it's getting everyone together from a global community point of view. Because uh, whatever we say from a vendor point of view has a certain value, of course, I would like to hope. But then at the same time, uh, the communication that comes from experience from other partners around the world, that is really what sticks with everyone. And if we have everyone coming together, as we have here, it's, uh, it's a good opportunity for us to grow and leveraging others' experience. And, and that's really what it's all about, bringing the family together once a year. Yeah, and you, and you mentioned, and, it is, it's, uh, and I was speaking to you last night, actually, about this. I had, it, it's, um, it's a selective group of, of partners, isn't it? You know, it's, it's from around the world. I, I go to a lot of partner events where you get a lot, whereas here you've picked your most prominent partners from, from the different groups. Right. We tend to use the GPC as a very focused event to bring a, a group of partners that are assisting us and working with us in establishing this strategic transformation to the next generation of services. And uh, you see from uh, the presentations today, um, co-delivered, and in many of our sales workshops, co-delivered by partners, which really shows the integration from a strategic perspective that we have with our partners in terms of both our go-to-market and our technology transformations that we're building into the business. In terms of the technical side of things, I was talking this morning, and one of the main themes from the conference this morning was, was digital transformation. How important is it as a technology provider like yourselves to assist companies in that process? Because in terms of digital transformation, it's not easy for companies necessarily to comprehend the full potential of solutions, isn't it? It's up to a technology provider like you to show them some of the possibilities that are out there in terms of case studies you might have done with other customers or yourselves. We have as many interpretations of digitalization as we have people in a room. Yes. Uh, and I think from our point of view, it's, it's very much about keeping it simple because um, an opportunity as a vendor, you want to showcase a lot of uh, theoretical uh, use cases and, and applications that you can do. But in our case, we want to look at actual cases that have been done across the world and then use that as an opportunity for our partners to replicate uh, into other places because uh, it is a complicated matter. It's a different perception in different parts of the world. But again, I think you learn the most from, from, from being basic and, and trying to reuse what has been done somewhere else because if it works somewhere else, it's very likely to at least work in a couple of other markets, maybe not everywhere, but um, building a foundation from, from existing business. You know, in terms of the way, from a go-to-market perspective and a support perspective that we're offering and, and supporting our customers, internally we've also needed to 
transform and, and change. And one of the key elements uh, as we move more to a solution-based cell or consultancy-based cell, our sales engineering team and our professional services organization that you know, there's a lot of discussion internally about developing that functionality is all evolving. So I think you know, from uh, the way we go to market and the way we provide support to our customers is as something that is constantly evolving and, and maturing to be able to help our partners make that transformation as as well as we are so it's it's really it's it, it's it's a combined and a, and a joint partnership if you will around moving forward t together and as different market to market but it's more important that we're strategically aligned and committed to that transformation and make those investments and uh, take that uh, uh, journey together and part, and part of what you were saying in, in the keynotes this morning, which I found very interesting, and, and as you touched on there, is you've had to conduct your own transformation, and that's still in place. And I was, the way I was going to phrase, phrase this question in my mind before was, you've obviously had a lot of success in, I was going to say, the legacy world, but, that, but that's not fair, I don't think, because there's still a huge swathe of the market. And as we were talking about this morning, the, the, the vast majority that use premise-based systems, and in certain geographies, there shows no sign of that changing, it's particularly we mentioned Germany and parts of the Asian market that are very reticent to move to cloud. So it, it's, it's not a legacy technology, it's still completely current and, and relevant to many people but when we were talking about the, the reallocation of some of your research and development budgets in terms of what the targets were, 60% in cloud in 2019 and 40% and, and on-premise, how difficult is it with your completely global reach to gauge where to sort of set your stall in, ter in terms of development? When you put it that way, it's, it sounds even more complicated than it is, I think. <laughs> but, but, but of course, it's, it's, a, it's a big big challenge, and I think overall it's about re the reallocation, but also about actually adding uh, investment into some areas as well, because it's not a straight line. Uh, you need to be quite agile in the way how you allocate your investments. I think the the way we do and, and try to make this balance is that, first of all, we have this global partner conference here, but then also once a year we're on something we call a PM meeting, where we get really all the techies from our key uh, distributors around the world as well into Korea, and we sit down and really grind uh, for a couple of days and, and making prioritizations. And then, of course, we have an ongoing discussion. Um, and um, it, is, um, it is always a balance. Uh, you cannot ever uh, have everything, but it's about us making as clever decisions as we can, but we use that together with, I use the family a lot, but our extended family in, in the form of the distributors because they really know the, the nuts and bolts and, and what are the feelings out in the, in, the, in the different geographies, whether that is in the US or in Australia or, or in parts of Asia. It, it's um, a learning together, and then we make the decisions. In our partner community today, I'm going to say there's a group of partners that believe we're investing in the transformation elements, uh, are not investing enough in the transformation elements. They're the, the guys that just want to run with this. There's another group that think we're moving too fast. And I would say there's a huge swath in the middle that really still are undecided about really what that pace of transformation is. And that was one of the key messages I think Patrick uh, put up on the chart today is a balanced approach and a measured approach to, to that transformation because it is very different market to market and it's very different partner to partner. Um, so, you know, we've got partners in the U.S. who are absolutely adamant that the premise market is still healthy, strong and needs to be continued to be driven most advanced cloud market in the world, but they in a niche where they just don't run into it and sell prem all day, every day. So it's not just the market, it's 
It's the partner profile as well. And you're right, we've got the most challenging of decisions trying to balance that out to make sure that we're not missing out on any opportunity but capturing and optimizing you know, the, the opportunities that are presented to us. And if I may add, not being the finance guy, the sales guy, that this is not a function of our, you know, we're, we're in a very fortunate position to have very, very solid foundations from a financial perspective. So, you know, the transformation to cloud in terms of the financial model change has not been the challenge for us. It's really been making sure we get that strategy right and that engagement right with the partner to capitalize on those opportunities that exist. I suppose one of the things that, that you've done shrewdly in terms of Apex Cloud being that potential bridge from an on-premise you know you've you've covered the basis there in terms of potential migration to the cloud whether, whether that be in any particular geography that's been our priority when we approached the ipex cloud solution our first priority was to provide the best path to the cloud for our existing install base and what we did very cleverly was we developed a signaling protocol on the line side that allowed us to give you the same experience, whether you're on an on-prem solution or in a cloud solution. So we use a proprietary signaling protocol on our line side, as well as a standard SIP-based signaling protocol. And that we found that not to be a defensive strategy, but ended up being our differentiation in the market because we had a richness that was not offered by any other cloud vendors because they had a much inferior feature set. And so when we quickly discovered that point, we expanded on it. And in version 3.0, we've taken this one step further. And not only can we now integrate a Ericsson LG IP phone into the ecosystem, but digital and analog TDM ports. So again, further differentiated ourselves and providing that very um, seamless bridge or transformation from, I hate to use that word, but that evolution from an on-prem world to a cloud world. It's an analog endpoint, a digital endpoint, or an IP endpoint, we'll be able to bring that in and let you transform your business to cloud or evolve it at your pace rather than saying you've got to rip it all out, recable, and and by the way, you're going to lose feature set. <laughs> so we're uniquely positioned from the perspective that we've developed our own. We haven't gone and acquired a cloud solution, so that's why we can have that seamless evolution from prem to cloud, which is unique, I think. I suppose, Patrick, that completely depends by market what so I was about to ask you know what proportion of customers is, but it must completely depend by geographical market you know what solutions are leading what areas absolutely it's quite uh, quite different uh, compared to different markets and I think that's again why we we want to have uh, an as complete uh, solution portfolio as ever possible because uh, as I has commented earlier as well markets change in a very different pace and, and something you think is obvious in one place is very not obvious in another market so um, it's quite a big uh, variation between markets uh, and even our home market in, in Korea uh, which is a, is a very technology advanced market is uh, surprisingly slow in some of these transformations uh, to be honest whereas others uh, basically have everything and I think we also made some learnings with that coming back from you know our legacy in, in prem and going to cloud and what that meant uh, when it comes to uh, application uh, attachment, for instance, getting these uh, richer uh, suite actually selling in a in a much higher pace than we we had on the uh, on-prem side, and then of course having this portfolio and and doing it by yourself is uh, is a challenge. Some uh, some players in the industry they've chosen to do acquisitions, but of course uh, acquisitions are uh, fairly easy to uh, to do uh, on paper. To actually integrate that into solution uh, that is seamless 
is very complicated and we've chosen a different track we do most of it ourselves and then we partner with some development uh, organizations because we really think that seamless integration is is the key and this is what what really matters for our partners there's been a wider industry trend hasn't there in terms of but, but traditionally there's been this oh, i'm not quite sure how to phrase it a not particularly play nice feature between different manufacturers of different people in the technology stack and no, no agreement to federate databases across to really unlock the power of unified communications, which I think why it's stifled. And you see the attachment rates, not only for our business, but I think across the industry on an on-prem world, is very, very low, despite the value that it really does present to the market. And what, and what the cloud model is allowing us to do is now enable us to do, well, easier federate those uh, those uh, databases and unlock the potential of a lot of these applications simply because it's a cloud delivery model. Yeah, and that's, that was going to be my exact question, was that we're seeing that change a lot within the industry because people are realising the benefits of being able to unify these effectively. And people talk about unified communications, but it's been traditionally ununified communications. But, but, the, but that is changing, isn't it? And, and you guys were talking about it this morning, that the work that you're doing to make the platform more open in terms of development... And it's that realisation, isn't it, that one provider is very unlikely to provide a customer with the entire technology stack. You know, you, you, we, you're going to have to work together with other people in collaboration to provide the best solution for a customer. Absolutely, of course. I mean, the most uh, obvious maybe is that different companies have different CRM systems and you need your CRM system to connect to, uh, to your communication system. That's the basic. But you'd be surprised that there are so many different uh, application suites and other uh, functions that, that they want to connect to. So I think this movement into to open I, a, APIs and, and also different levels of APIs, because you can, of course, integrate in, in many different ways, is, is uh, really a, a step forward. And again, coming back to being, an, being open and, and being flexible to, uh, to provide uh, you know, the centerpiece of, uh, of an enterprise uh, digital transformation. We've hesitated, I think, to really call it CPaaS. Uh, because it's, it's kind of, but it's kind of down that path where really it's a communications platform as a service as opposed to really a, a UCAS or a bundled solution yeah. process. We're unbundling it. We find that the contact center that the Australians want to use is very different in functionality and usability to the contact center that the guys in Israel want to use. And there's usually a local vendor that serves the market. And so you need to be able to provide those hooks into the core control and into the platform to be able to deliver on those because localizing it for 160 markets around the world is virtually impossible for any one vendor to be able to do so you know this it's a two-pronged strategy we'll develop our own stuff and we'll you know shrink wrap it and but we'll also partner and create an ecosystem of developers that have easy access into the platform to leverage the development and capabilities that exist around the platform talk about buzz phrase you, you, digital transformation is one that we hear a lot yeah. we do hear those buzz phrases, buzz phrases within the industry and one that has been in, incredibly at the forefront recently I find is, is collaboration and in fairness it is one of the biggest pullers of traffic to the UC Today website, it's one of the, you know, the most clicked upon I know you were mentioning before about the collaboration that you guys are potentially looking into in terms of some of those tools so would you just be able to tell me a bit more about that and what the potential plans are there this is another example of how it really differs between different markets collaboration means something very different in the u.s compared to what it does in in parts of asia for instance and and there uh, that's another thing that we've learned i think uh, through the discussions that we've had because this is a complicated topic 
talk to this more from a market perspective than the technology perspective. But I think what we're seeing in the industry, and we talked a lot about it during our presentations this morning, is the anchor feature of what the way customers or businesses communicate is shifting. And Unified Communications was about that shift to a more chat-centric based communication than a telephony or voice-centric communication. And I think the jury's out in terms of what it will be, whether it is chat, whether it's video, or whether it's going to be something completely different. You know, and I think you know, every one of the different organizations that we compete against have a, a different kind of spin on what they think the anchor feature is for uh, collaboration, whether it's email-based, or whether it's chat-based, whether it's video-based, whether it's telephony-based. But I think the different companies and organizations are playing to their strength, and we will do the, do the same. But I think that's not going to be the willing winning solution. It's going to be really the, the market is going to determine, I think, at the end of the day, what that preferred communication mode is that they will anchor their communication strategy around. And then the other elements will play roles as well. It's not an all-or-nothing game. It's not going to be all chat or all voice or or video, or all email and collaboration, but I think there will be strengths from different organizations based on where, where they've come from, and uh, they'll, they'll obviously play to those. Just finally, before we finish, I just had one final um, question that I, I meant to ask after I spoke to you, Peter. In, in terms of the, the upcoming contact center news, how potentially important do you think that's going to be as part of the portfolio for you guys? Extremely. And we didn't, we didn't have a lot of time in the sessions today to really elaborate on the new positioning. And you know, we're not even referring it to, to it anymore as a contact center solution. This is a customer experience solution. And what we're finding, the market has shifted to be able to uh, use an engine that is an intelligent routing and call management engine to make sure that calls coming into the enterprise or the business are routed to the right individuals within that organization. That's not really contact center, but it is what contact centers typically have been able to do. So for us, every enterprise really should look into an application that delivers intelligent routing and call management in the organization to improve that customer experience when they engage with you. And that's what CCX is all about. And we're moving the positioning from you know, contact center help desk agent model to a intelligent call management and call routing functionality within the enterprise and it makes it more ubiquitous uh, and focuses more on business outcomes rather than help desk or contact manager or agent based solution delivery. So it's a completely different positioning and a different uh, uh, perspective on the solution than w kind of where it's been. Well, thank you so much, all of you, for, for coming on. The one, one of the things I'll say is we're not ashamed uh, of our legacy and our heritage. We actually wear it as a badge honour. Um, we don't like to refer it as the legacy business. It's the classic business for us. It's, uh, you know, it's, where we, it's still where you know, we, we generate a lot of our revenues and, and a lot of our profits. But when, at the same time, you know, we haven't got our heads in the sand. We absolutely know the market is in transition and we need to be investing and transforming to meet those new challenges. And by golly, we're doing that. We've got some examples and case studies that are very successful in the UK and, and, and other places. And uh, we're really just at the beginning uh, of what we expect to deliver in, in, in the coming years. So watch this space. Just a big thank you for um, having the opportunity to talk to you and uh, discuss the overall industry and the perspectives that we have on, on the business that we have. 
Thanks so much to Patrick and to Arhead for coming onto the podcast with me. It was really great to chat to them. And I also should say a big thanks to the Ericsson LG Enterprise team in general for having us at UC today along to cover their global partner conference. If you want to know more about Ericsson LG Enterprise or the event itself, head to our website at uctoday.com and you can find loads more information there. That's it for today's episode though. If you like this or any other episode in the series, please subscribe and leave a nice review. For now though, thanks for listening.